Friends, would you open with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we've been camped out in this paragraph for some time. I'm going to continue reading in verse 12. Hear now God's word. Ephesians 4.12 To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, what a stupendous, miraculous vision of the local church to grow up in the fullness and the stature of Christ. That's what we long for. That's what we want to see. Forgive us of our small desires, small ambitions, small visions and plans for the local church. Would you replace them wholesale with this paragraph from Ephesians chapter 4? And would you build us up in love into the full measure of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do that in his name we ask. Amen. Well, like many of you guys, our family for the last couple of weeks have been trading the flu back and forth. We, throughout our family, two at a time, have it. We wait till one person is totally done before the next person gets it, and then we start the whole process all over again. It got so bad, I was laid up for three days, I'm never sick, in bed for three days, and I was so miserable, I took up embroidery. That's how bad it got. So I'm telling you, I can stem stitch and back stitch and lazy daisy with the best of any man my age. I'm sure of that at this point. But while I was sick, I also, in addition to adding that hobby, listened to a guy named Eugene Peterson, who I adore, most of what he's read and thought and written. He had a lecture series called The Jesus Way, and I was kind of working my way through that lecture series. Eugene Peterson, he planted a church in Bel Air, Maryland, and he pastored that church for 30 years. And so, in my book, he's the true Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's where he was, that's where he did his ministry. He went on to become a professor at uh, Regent in Vancouver. He translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew into a translation called The Message. If you're not familiar with that, I urge you to get that. Hold it next to your ESV as you're studying the Bible. It's a fantastic translation of the Bible to use. Um, I've really grown from his ministry and appreciated it. But while I was listening to that lecture series, I heard this gem of a quote that I want to hit you with this morning. This is from Eugene Peterson. This is about our sanctification as believers. And, and it sounds like he's staring at Ephesians 4 when he says this quote. Listen to this. There's no getting around it. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, 
No wholeness in the Christian life apart from an immersion and embrace of the Christian community. That is the local church. I am not myself by myself. I am not myself by myself. End quote. Do you believe that? That you can't grow as a Christian without the local church? I mean, I can't think of a more un-American statement to make. If you grew up in America, you have cut your teeth on a worldview that says anything worth doing, anything worth achieving, you and I can get and achieve by ourselves. We can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We can pursue a goal and a vision and we can get after it and achieve it. And when we do, we can pat ourselves on the back because we ourselves have done it. That is the substance of the American dream and it is absolutely foreign to the Bible's idea of our sanctification and the local church. We cannot grow We cannot do what God is calling us to do apart from the local church. That's the challenge to our worldview. But the beautiful promise there is, of course, that as we link ourselves to this body, these are the very things that God wants to do in us. He wants to grow us. He wants to unite us. He wants to bear this good fruit in us. And He will, by His design, in this group of people that he's linked together to be the church one with another. Now, I know you guys have heard about the nine spiritual fruits in Galatians chapter 5, right? They get a lot of reps in the church. We know them. Nine spiritual fruits. I think the the weakest and the neediest in our church uh, family, we pray these week to week or even daily. God, would you give me... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I don't have them. They're yours in the Spirit. Would you fill me with them? Would you bear these fruits in my life? I know we know the nine spiritual fruits of the Spirit-filled person, but Ephesians 4 has the nine spiritual fruits of a Spirit-filled church. There are nine fruits, nine things that are in store for the local church. When Jesus ascends in heaven and he gives the gift of teachers to the church and teachers turn around and equip saints and saints turn around and do the work of ministry and the church body is built up, there are nine things that Jesus wants to do in our local church body. When you pray for this church, When you pray for the local church that you have joined and cast your lot with, pray these nine things over that body because this is what Jesus wants to do. This is what he wants to fulfill within the local expression of the church. I'm going to go through these nine, nine points extremely fast. I mean, this is like 15 minutes. So you're going to get them on paper And then you're going to go back later and dig into these, your ESV and your message Bible in front of you, and see the prayer that we have for this body of believers. Number one, the first spiritual fruit from verse 13. We all attain the unity of the faith. 
That's the first fruit. Eugene Peterson, when he translated this in the message, he translated it, until we're moving rhythmically and easily one with each other. Isn't that a great translation? Moving in rhythm one with another. I've got a buddy of mine who was pastoring one church for a long time, and then he was called to pastor another church. And I was asking him how it was going in this new church and and what the ministry was like. And uh, he said, the best way I know how to describe it is this. At the old church that I was at, whenever we did ministry or whenever we were trying to do outreach or discipleship, it kind of felt like we were going uphill. I mean, it just felt like there was tension. I felt like there was red tape. I felt like there was criticism. And and you're just moving ministry uphill, and it's exhausting. And then I got to this new church, and it just kind of feels like we're in rhythm together. It almost feels like the whole thing is pointed downhill. And, And when you start something and do something and get behind something, then we're just pushing this ball together downhill, and it's a completely different experience. What a beautiful description of ministry. A place where ministry rolls downhill together. This is not an uphill place that Jesus is promising. This is not a place where we we nitpick and we criticize and we doubt and we're suspicious and, and, and we're reserved and we're territorial. That's an uphill place for ministry. Jesus is saying, I want a downhill place for ministry. I want cheering. I want engagement. I want gratitude. I want outdoing each other in honor. I want to celebrate the success that we see God do in our midst. I want the ball to roll downhill. This is what a church looks like when she is rolling together in rhythm one with another. I tell you, church, it feels like we're in that season right now. It feels like when ministries are starting here, they start to roll downhill People get involved, they throw their shoulders behind it, and it's a beautiful thing to behold, and it's the very thing that Jesus promised he was going to do within the church. That's number one. Number two, verse 13, we all attain the knowledge of the Son of God. So a fruit of a church is that we'll all know Jesus better. In fact, we'll know Jesus in a way we couldn't have known him by ourselves on our own. However you know Jesus in your own personal Bible study and in your own personal prayer closet is not quite how you can know Jesus when you learn and experience him together in a church body. We heard in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, that Jesus has unsearchable riches in store, like the depths of Jesus can't be fathomed. And now he promises that the church together will search out these riches as a body of believers. Number three, we all attain mature manhood. This, this picture of a single, mature, grown man is going to be contrasted in verse 14 when we get there about fickle children that are tossed to and fro. That's not what the church is going to become. Jesus wants to grow her into a mature man. It's interesting that we talk about the church as a grown man in chapter 4 and as a beautiful bride in chapter 5, but today the church is a grown man. Imagine a big boy church that has grown out of the toddler and teenage years. 
This church doesn't throw temper tantrums anymore. This church has learned to share what God has given us. This church has moved out of his parents' basement and has a real job and a real mission to do in the city. This is a grown-up, big-boy church that Jesus promises to make in our midst. Number four, and this is my favorite in verse 13, we all attain the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We attain the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, I had to look that one up just to get my bearings, exactly what we're talking about here. It's a metaphor, obviously, but the simplest way to explain what this verse is saying is, church, you're going to grow up to be as tall as Jesus is. That's what that verse is saying. You're going to grow as tall as Jesus Could you think of a more beautiful, profound metaphor than the church growing up like its master, Jesus? I mean, that's the promise we make all the little kids that come through the door. We get on our knees and we say, wow, you're getting to be a big boy or a big girl. I bet you're going to grow up to be just as tall as your mom or dad is. Church, you're going to grow up to be as tall as Jesus is. That's what he promises. Now, our six-year-old son coined a phrase years ago, this must have been when he was four, where if he was on the playground with another kid and he came up afterwards talking about that kid, he would say, he and I are the same major. And that word major was brilliant because it could mean anything. It can mean he and I are the same age, the same height, the same weight, literally asking each other their weight, same birthday, same eye color, same major in college. I mean, major, it, it just captures everything. This kid and I are the same major. Church, this is what Jesus promises. We're going to grow up to be the same major as Jesus. We're going to take on his heights. We're going to take on his weight. We're going to take on his mannerisms. His words are going to be our words. We're going to like what he likes and dislike what he dislikes. We're going to stand for the things that he stands for. We're going to lay down and die for the things that he lays down and dies for. Church, you and I, we're going to be the same major as Jesus. People in this city are going to look at us. They're going to look at the way we treat each other. They're going to look at the way we treat our non-Christian neighbors. And they're going to say, that sounds vaguely familiar. Like, I've heard that before somewhere. And we're going to say, yes, we are the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise God. Number five, verse 14 If we become this unified, mature man, the same major as Jesus, then this is going to happen. We're no longer going to be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Peterson translates this this bluntly. No prolonged infancies among us, please. Will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. We're going to grow out of that. We're going to get beyond that stage. Christ is going to heal that in us. 
Christian, are you tired of hearing false voices? Are you tired of being lied to? Are you tired of hearing voices in your mind that are not the shepherd's voice? Are you tired of being an easy mark for imposters? Whether those things come from within our hearts, we're thinking those thoughts, or they come from our childhood, or they come from our employers, or they come from the devil himself, they are here as voices to lie to us, to steal and kill and destroy. They beat us down, and they are nothing like the Father's voice. They are nothing like Jesus the shepherd speaks to us. That might be the situation today for us as the church to listen to and believe these voices, but that's not Jesus' plan for tomorrow. A church that keeps hearing and believing the world's voice is a prolonged infancy, and that's not God's plan for the church. He has something better in store for her. Now this is really interesting to think about. We are always, as a church, To be childlike in our faith. Always. You never grow out of faith. You never mature in that way in your faith. You're always to be like a little child with respect to your faith. You trust your heavenly father like a human is supposed to trust a trustworthy earthly father. If he says it, I believe it. If he tells me he's going to do it, I believe he's going to do it. If he says he can do anything, I believe he can do anything. I have a childlike trust in my father. I never grow out of that. We're always telling adults in this church, would you just become like a child in your faith? Would you grow down in your faith and trust like a child does? We do that with our faith, but we don't do that with our thinking. We're growing down in our faith to become like a child, and we're growing up in our thinking to be a mature adult who's done with milk and is ready for the meat of doctrine. We love the Bible. We love theology. We love truth. We talk about it. We study it. We memorize it. We share it one with another. We refine ourselves. We read books. We love theology. Because the more we fill our minds with truth, the more a counterfeit or an imposter is going to stick out like a sore thumb. That doesn't belong here. We know that's not true. Because we spend time with the truth. We're not going to be these babes tossed around by the waves. We're going to be a grown man standing on the shore. Sure of the way that the Father speaks to us. Number six. The sixth spiritual fruit of the church. Verse 15. Is that we with each other will speak truth in love. I think that's such a valuable phrase in the church. I'm 80% sure we're going to spend a sermon on it next week. So I'm going to move on to number 7. Verse 15. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Do you see Jesus just kind of pouring on the growing language at this point? It's getting a little bit redundant. Equip. Build, attain, mature, measure, stature, fullness, grow up again and again and again. We're hearing that the church is not stagnant. 
She's an organic body. She grows bigger and stronger and smarter and faster. She's growing. She's developing. She's not what she was a week ago or a year ago or a month ago. God has plans in store for this church and she grows. But of course, when we say growth in the church, we don't mean that she becomes self-sufficient or invincible or strong by the world standards. The more we read the Bible, the more we realize that sometimes the strongest churches are like the strongest individuals in our midst, and they are the ones who have suffered the most. A, a, a church that suffers, that finally comes to the end of herself and her abilities and her spiritual gifts and what she's capable of, the church that suffers and is refined by fire, that's the church that's ready to see Jesus work. That's the church that's ready, ready to live in his strength and not in our strength, in his wisdom and not in our wisdom. But the church is going to grow by bounty or by suffering into the fullness of Christ. Number 8, verse 16. The whole body... Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. We've spent two weeks on this idea, but here it is again. The thought that this is an every member ministry. That ministry in our midst, evangelism and discipleship, this is not just the purview of the elite Christians that are here. This is not just for the seasoned Christians that are here. This is not just for the Christians here who have been to grad school or seminary or or know the Bible in their original languages. The, The only way scripture conceives of ministry is that every single person participates, puts their hands on the deck, and does this ministry together. Lest we missed that, our verse says it three times. The whole body, every joint, each part works together. You know that feeling when you watch um, a Christian who's kind of trying to find their fit in the church and it takes a little bit of time? Like they try this ministry over here and that doesn't work out so well. And so they try this ministry over here and and it's an absolute failure. And then they try this thing over here and and it really begins to click and hum. And and they see fruit in that ministry that they're participating in. That's one of my favorite things to see in the church. When somebody finds their niche, they find their spiritual gift, God uses it and he bears fruit. This is the promise for the church. Like, we're all going to start sorting ourselves out like a puzzle. We get dumped in a room with different backgrounds and and, and different gifts and different experiences, and we kind of shuffle, and we stick people in the totally wrong spot, and they, they utterly fail, and we'll never do that again, and we pull them back, and we try this, and and all of a sudden, it begins to click, and people find where their gifts are. And they love hospitality. And they do evangelism. And they speak truth and love one to another. And they lead a small group. Or they host a small group. Or they couldn't do any, so they bring food to the small group. And and you watch every member in sync one with another. And we become the very fulfillment of verse 16. 
the New Living Translation translate this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Don't you want to see that in the church? That's where this is headed. That's where we're going. Nobody's on the sidelines. Nobody's stuck in a place that that they're not using their spiritual gifts. Jesus is going to make the whole body fit together perfectly. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to experience to his glory. Finally, number nine, if all these things are happening, the church builds itself up in love. Verse 2, we heard that we bear one another in love. Verse 15, we heard that we speak truth to one another in love. It follows that verse 16, we build each other up in love. God is love. God so loved the world that he sent his son. God's spirit now speaks to our hearts the very love of God. Even when our hearts can't speak that back to God in prayer, he speaks it to us and on our behalf. It only follows that a church that is growing up to be the same major as Jesus will be a church that exudes love one member to another. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we cannot do this on our own. We can't wing this. We can't even put brilliant ministries in place to do this for us. This requires every joint, every part, every member called by your son to build itself up in love. Would you do that in our midst? Would you surprise us in the ways that you use each of our spiritual gifts so that we will be a united body that grows up to be as tall as Jesus is? Do that we ask in his name. Amen.